Hey, Marcus. Yes? You like movies? Yes, I do. Isn't that a nice thing to have things to like? Yeah, especially these days. Even movies I've been disliking, I'm liking because it's given me content to write about, things to think about. So if there's, you know, one of the small handful of things that come out of this quarantine, it's appreciating all movies more these days. Yes, if you're listening to this podcast in the future, this podcast was recorded during the COVID-19 outbreak. And as I say almost all the time, and I also say hi, Doug, that I hope that we can listen to this in the future. And I hope everyone's being safe and being good to each other and doing their best. Right. You you know Nico, the singer? Of course. Yeah, she had some interesting thoughts about uh, the facial features of black people. That is true. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to be the black guy on that one, but hey. Anyway, yeah, Nico. But but she had one of her most famous songs is a cover of Jackson Brown's These Days. Yeah. And even though even though Jackson Brown's version is cool, her version brings something to it that really haunts me and I think it's pretty prevalent right now, you know, cuz she she goes I go out walking. I don't, I don't do, do too, too much, much talking, talking these days. These days. And I just really feel that. Except, like, I feel like people aren't doing that much walking. Well, some assholes some, are. Some are. And it's not, and it's not just conservatives that's doing it. So, like, yeah. that whole, the right doesn't care. Like, nah, a bunch of yuppies be, like, sharing their sourdough bread with each other <laughs> in Prospect Park without masks. So, right, miss right. me with that bullshit. But that song is ever-present. I, I've seen... I've seen two friends since all of this started, and mm-hmm. uh, this is Ebers in America podcast episode 125, by the way. 124 was was one of our high-profile episodes where we interviewed director Eliza Hitman along yeah. with photographer, artist Saskia Khan. I think it's a really good episode, and I I implore you to listen to it. Yeah, please. But sin- since... Since the pandemic, I've seen my mom, and yesterday I took a walk with Tone Tank. He called me randomly. He was like, I'm in your neighborhood. And I was like, okay. And we stood 10 feet away from each other and talked for 20 minutes. Oh, dope. And that's it. That's it. You know, so I really don't do much talking these days outside of outside of talking to people through screens and microphones. And, you know, see, me... I've been talking so much to people through screens. It, it almost feels like, oh, it's like every day. It's like my buddy, one of my, literally my oldest friend, my friend of 31 years, uh, he got COVID and he was in the hospital for a while. It, it was not looking good. But he, and his girlfriend got it, but she had a lesser case. But he got sent home. So we Zoomed with him. I video chat with my cousin and my godson. Uh, me and my groomsmen crew of guys have been doing, uh, we didn't do it this past weekend, but for three weekends prior, we did a like a spade, an online spades tournament where we just played spades virtually and had the zoom on and just talked shit to each other. So, but as far as the physical, my uncle stopped by a couple weeks ago, but that was it. So to to give you back your bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> no, to to give me my weight. That's a nice. That's a good thing. Yeah, if I didn't have, if I didn't have some weights, like my my friend's older brother came through the house, 
like a Jim Bro fairy godmother. Okay, so I've seen three people. Cool. He 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 came by my house with a fifty pound kettlebell. Nice. Some some protein powder, um, and some resistance bands and some mozzarella cheese. And I was like, damn, bro, you really trying to help me get those gains? Dope. And I appreciate that. But wait, but all wait, of this I, I, is. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What what were you about to say? I just want to say for those listeners going back. I don't no, know. If no, it was no, up we're not. We're not telling them that story. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay. Fair enough. It'll be up to their no, no, go ahead. You're right. You're right. Go ahead. No, we got it. We got to have inside jokes, man. Okay. It's just more. It's funnier that way. Fair enough. Fine. Go ahead. Here. <laughs> go. Here. <laughs> so anyway, this this sort of world that we're living in creates a very confused reality of what is real, what is fake, what is going on, who are we, what is time, what is life, what is Shrek, what is love, baby don't hurt me, what is PCP, have you smoked it? And that brings us into a movie that accidentally got released on Amazon Prime last month. Mm-hmm. Th- called Bad Trip. Yeah. You know, uh, sort of like a weird, like, hidden camera film, uh, you know, that's about, directed by Katai Sakaru, that's, that is produced by the Jackass guys, and it's, it's, it's half narrative, half documentary in a way. Not documentary, but half, half docudrama. So Eric Andre and Lil Rel are best friends who are kind of losers living in Florida. Which is where Eric Andre's from too, a little inside. Yeah, he's from he's from he is from Florida. Yeah. And they go to New York City so they so so Eric Andre can kind of profess his love for this girl he's like forever, Michaela Conlon, the actress. Mm-hmm. And they're being chased by Lil Rel's sister, played by Tiffany Haddish, who escapes from prison to find them. Yeah. And because they took her like, car. They, yeah, they take her car to get there. And in between that, they have bits. So it's not dissimilar to to a Borat or a Bad Grandpa or, or Mr. America. Mm-hmm. But unlike Borat, which I think brings the worst out of people and sort of is there to manipulate and make people look bad. Yeah. Bad Trip does this strange thing where I don't think it was done on purpose, but... People just come out looking really good. Like I have really good faith in society watching sure, that movie. Sure, sure. Because like there, there's this one scene where Tiffany Haddish is breaking out of breaking out, and there's this dude who's he bugs probably, his eyes and he's like, "Yeah, I know what you're about to say." Sorry, go, go ahead. You said he's right. probably right. So there's this dude. There's this dude probably doing probation work. You know? Yeah. And yeah. she, she's like, "Where did he go? Like, what do I do?" And he's like, he has these really concerned eyes, and he's like. You gotta go. Like, go, go. Stop talking you to gotta, me. Just go. Just go. Yeah. And she's like trying to flirt with him, like she's trying to do her Tiffany Haddish thing, and he's like, "Come on, leave, go." And then, and then when the officer comes, he feels bad, and he kind of gives the information, but then she comes back, and he's like, "They're looking for you. You have to go." Or wait, or go ins- back for a sec. He even tried to be like funny in that scene when he's like, "You sure you didn't do anything? You sure you didn't help her out?" He's like, "How am I gonna help her out?" Give her my vest? Like, the way he said that was mad funny. Like, (laughs) (laughs) And there's many scenes in the movie where where the characters are are just helping each other. They're not 
they're not if they were trying to get the characters to be jerks or something it didn't work yeah when when tiffany haddish's character is trying to trying to kill eric andre the the the, the, the i call the npcs non-player characters yeah. which which comes from video games are like yo that's not cool this is not how you talk to each other this is not how you treat people or in in the in the second to last climax of the scene when the film when Lil Rel and Eric Andre ha- have their falling out which happens you know in a road in a road film it's not a road film without a falling out of and course. a reconciliation so so it, I'm not spoiling much by saying they have a fallout because if you know the archetype and the architecture of, of a road film that happens. And that scene is but, so aware too. It's like, oh, this is the part of the, it's like so on the nose but it doesn't bother me. It's like, oh, this is the part of the movie where the two buddies have their fallout. Like they're almost playing it. They're almost making a parody of that moment like in a road movie, but it's still also kind of like touching and sad at the same time. It, it it's a yeah, weird balance then, that they pull off. And they're like fighting and the people are like, "Yo, y'all are friends." Yeah. Friends don't fight. Yeah. And and or, or like they go to this country bar and you think that people are going to be racist or something or like they're playing on a similar idea that happens in Borat where they do, you know, throw the Jew down the well or whatever. Yeah. Or I think I think that yeah. was on the TV show, not on the, the movie. I, I can't say enough on this show how much I have distaste for Sasha Baron Cohen. And yeah, his, no, I, yeah. You know, uh, Bor- watching Borat with M. Tumay in the early aughts was a very unpleasant experience, and it grew me closer to M. Tumay because he could see we were the only ones in there being like, ah. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny you say that because that's one thing early on. Like, I knew M. Tumay for a while, like since 2004, but then maybe like a year or two later, there were a couple of movies that we both equally disliked that, like, what seemed like the rest of the world liked. And it's always nice to meet something and be like, oh, you don't like this too? It's like, and not just, oh, people like this, so I feel like I have to like it. It's like a legit, like, there's a, some, there's a, there's something really wrong with this, and it's weird that millions of people don't get it. Um, yeah. So I've, I've had those similar things too. And, and also similar with um, Borat, the movie. I remember watching it. Of course I laughed, but then there's other parts where it's like, oh, wait, this is a little too, like vice racism humor type like oh you're being edgy but you're actually just it's actually kind of offensive but right and i don't mind i don't mind offensive i just i just like to have a little more substance to it yeah i find yeah yeah, substance yeah i think that yeah when it's empty that's when it's like fucked up when there's substance to it i'll appreciate it but when it's empty it's just like no and and Sasha Baron Cohen goes under the guise that he's doing social commentary. Right. Eric Andre right. Eric Andre is a you know is is really a hmm, how do I say this? He makes bizarre art. He makes you know, very He calls it deconstruct when he was on Marin he explained he's just like a lot of what I do I just try to be de- deconstructive, whether it's like deconstructing a talk show like the Eric Andre show or when he does pranks he's like 
I'm just trying to be even more weird and more deconstructive of say like, and he did. He he he's, he mentioned Jackass. He mentioned Buzzkill. He mentioned Freddie Got Fingered. So it's not like he acts like, oh, I invented this type of humor. No, he just kind of takes it up a notch and it's like you know. He's he's a nihilist absurdist. Sure. Who who comes from a school of nihilist absurdist hidden camera comedy. Sure. So. The fact that him, him, Lil Ray, Tiffin, T- T- Lil Rel, and Tiffany Haddish, they're not trying to create social commentary, in my opinion. Or if they are, it's not clear. They're right. trying to make a funny movie, yeah. and they're trying to use the hidden camera genre as a way to do so. Yeah. And by accident, they the characters that they're manipulating are nice and are good. Yeah, and I and I thought that was really cool, and I and although one guy th- th- this doesn't debunk what what you and I are saying, but the one guy in the um, I think at that point they had got to New York when he goes and he's like naked and goes into this like barbershop and this one dude who had the knife, and like right away, son, I promise you, I promise you, get out, I promise you. I don't know why that that was very funny. Although he he definitely. He jumped to conclusions right away. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's more that's more reasonable cuz there's a like if someone's yeah. come running into your barbershop naked, you don't know what they're going to do. No, and, that's true. But, it's not far from maybe how I'd react. I wouldn't pull out a knife right? or want to fight someone, but I'd be like, "Yo, what the f?" Yeah, so fair a, na- a naked person running at me, you know, cuz there's a there's a earlier scene where Eric Andre's character gets his clothes sucked in by a vacuum while he's working on a car. <laughs> yeah, but at the, the very beginning. Yeah. At the very beginning, but the girl he has a crush on is around, and he's, like, talking to the character that he whose car it is, and he's like, what do I do, man? I have a big crush on her. Like, And the dude's, like, really cool about it, yeah. considering what's right, going right. on. Right, very true. And, that, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, not everyone's perfect, but this movie gave me a, a better grip and better view of of humanity than I was having at the time. Yep. And Carlo and I have talked about that we really hope that they release, like, a three-hour version of this, because I'd be interested in to see some of the other works that they did and see what they did. And and it really sucks, because this movie was about to have a a big premiere at South by Southwest, and then it didn't, and then it accidentally got released on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And that was how, that was how I was able to watch it, because what am I supposed to do? Not yeah. watch a movie that I've been excited all year about? <clears throat> sure, of when, course. When given the option to pay for it? Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I think, because you know, y'all know that I'm working towards a, a degree in the mental health field, Mm-hmm. I like to think that given the chance to act right uh, works against theories of psychology and social psychology, psychology that suggest that people won't act out and help people when there's a lot of people around. Mm-hmm. But this is not the case in this movie. Yeah. And I'm also just really interested in the idea of movies that use hidden camera tactics for for the idea of of creating alternate realities like one ended one ended live action role playing where where not everyone is aware of what's going on oh 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 right right so you cuz this is this is role playing for 
some characters in this movie, but then for other people, it's just living their life. Yeah. Right. Yep. Similar for I'm still here. The the Joaquin Phoenix movie where he he famously quote unquote gave up acting after his performance in Two Lovers, which I recently rewatched this weekend. That movie's more messed up than I remember, but I still think it's pretty close to a masterpiece and one of my mm. favorite movies. You know, real quick too, that's such a, it's such a weird Two Lovers that specific movie. It's also one of those movies where when you talk I, I don't I don't think I've ever heard a bad thing said about it, but that is legit a movie that over time not many people talk about, but when it comes up, everyone's like, oh, that movie's great, and it's just kind of like, there's never like a, hey, 10 years later, here are my thoughts on it, or it's just like, you know, because, you know, you know what, movie, no one talks about such and such. I think, like, Two Lovers is definitely that kind of movie. It has this weird thing where nobody ever says anything bad about it, but it rarely comes up in film discussions, but anyway. Well well, because we had Eliza Hitman on the show, and I've been trying to tell Saskia about this movie, which takes place in Sheepshead Bay and Brighton Beach, and has the same bridge between Sheepshead Bay and Manhattan Beach that is shown in Forever is Gonna Start Tonight by Eliza Hitman, I was able to convince her to see the movie, and it's still really good, and the acting is really great, but... There's some stuff that you're like, oh, in retrospect, this is, this is, I have some issues here. Right. But I still think, I still think it's a really beautiful movie and handles the pain of mental health very well. So I just, I think of these things and I'm fascinated with that sort of stuff, like alternate realities, cosplaying, Ren Fairs. I've talked about LARPing on this show a lot, war reenactments and you know, my, my, my interest is working in end-of-life care, and I read about these Scandinavian retirement villages that are for people with dementia, and they make their houses and the area, they create, like, time periods for mm-hmm. the patients. Mm-hmm. So the patients are living in different time periods. So Oh, you told so me about this before, off-record, I believe. Yeah. So their experience is a lot less painful. So it's like, so so instead of being like why am i in a hospital or who is here or what is here if the common denominator of a patient is that they always think they're in 1980 the people who work around them are just like yeah it's 1980 right and they make their house look like 1980 wow and i think that's a really beautiful and interesting way to use reality in a non-manipulative way that still celebrates and gives dignity to people yeah but then in art, it's very interesting because it's not all. It's art isn't always about dignity, though. So there's a lot of dignity and integrity in in Bad Trip. But then there's Absolutely. there's Bad Grandpa, which is a narrative version of the Jackass movies. Though Jackass Two has a narrative that we've talked about. It's about the deconstruction of the mind. Yeah. But Bad Grandpa is a really funny sort of heartwarming movie that that has a very similar idea it's um johnny knoxville plays a grandpa he wears prosthesis and he's taking his grandson across it's a road trip yeah and then they do jackass style pranks in between i don't think it's i don't know what did you think of that movie (coughs) excuse me i um 
it's interesting you say. I, I, I do like the whole idea. You're talking about grand, bad grandpa, right? Yes. I just like the progression of, well, you just said how there's a little bit of a, a narrative in Jackass 2, but there's also the seeds of everything are in Jackass 1, because in the first Jackass movie, throughout the movie, there's a theme of Ben Margera's like, yeah, I want to make, I want to try to get my mom to curse. And like towards the end of the movie, she finally does. So I do like between the, the, the three Jackass movies, not Jackass 3D so much, but the Jackass movies up to Bad Grandpa, it's almost like a, a quadrilogy of like a progression of like theme in the hidden ca camera movie. So while Bad Grandpa was like, the nicest thing I can say about it is that it wasn't like terrible. I do appreciate, it's weird to say, the, the growth of these Jackass related movies. And how they clearly did influence something like Bad Trip. Well, I mean, clearly, I mean, also they're both they're both produced by jackass people right. and put together by jackass people. Yeah. The thing about Bad Grandpa is the stunts are still really mean, and the, but the story is heartwarming. Yeah. Where the story of Bad Trip is kind of juvenile, yeah. but the stunts yeah. are yeah. are not mean to the people that are experiencing them. Sure, and I think I think that's an evolution in the genre, in the genre. Sure, and I just really liked it. I think it might be on my top ten, but it's in my there's, top there's, five so far. Like, at, at, there's at, some at, good, at, at there's the some moment. good fucking movies this year. Yeah, but I sort of, I sort of want to, you know, last year, one of your favorite dudes, Tim Heidecker, made a alternate reality movie called Mr. America. Right. That that plays on a few realities. So Tim Heidecker plays a character of Tim Heidecker always. Outside yeah. he's yeah. this sort of character. And then on this show at the cinema on the cinema. Right. With Greg Turkington, he plays this other version of Tim Heidecker and Greg Tur Turkington, who also who is also Neil Hamburger, plays a ver a different version of Greg Turkington, which also messes with reality because there there's Greg Turkington of that world, there's Greg Turkington in the real world, there's Greg Turkington in the movie Entertainment, where Greg Turkington is also playing his alter ego Neil right. Hamburger, right, and then there's also Neil Hamburger, right. But but in the quote unquote real world, Neil Hamburger and Greg Turkington are not the same character. No. So I really like this confusing interplay of reality. Sure. It helps me escape it. And even though Mr. America, I'm sorry, I didn't like that movie too Man, much. I love that movie. I mean, I, I love uh, yeah, that. Go ahead. I love that the work and the work you have to get to get there because. Mr. America is like a spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff. So exactly. on, cin yeah. on cinema, at the cinema, on the cinema, is a movie review show where, you know, Greg Turkington really likes the movie Sully, and and a lot and and what's that Shaggy Dog Sh movie he really? Uh, Shaggy Dog Lawyer. Yeah, which is a real movie. Yeah. And he has a popcorn popcorn rating and and it. The, the conceit is that Tim Heidecker probably never watches the movies and right. he's just a sociopath, narcissist, 
Yeah. And throughout the show, there's also a spinoff called Decker, which is like a play on the on like a secret agent. Twenty four. Twenty four, and then outside of the show, in the later seasons, Tim Heidecker starts a cult, starts a band, starts, and his character. Not in real life, but in the show real life, which is confusing because you're meant to exactly. believe that these yeah. characters yeah. are the real life and their characters on Twitter and the way they act are those characters. So it's it's sort of like wrestling without wrestling. It, there's this, like, where is the kayfabe? Where does it end? Where does it exactly. begin? It creates a very satisfying confusion. Yep. A magic trick, if you will. Sure. So then, So then there's this this side story in the last few seasons of on the cinema at the cinema where Tim Heidecker is goes is like kills a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Through a music festival. And he goes on trial and I think somehow he gets out of it. And then he decides in the movie, Mr. America it's a side story of that where he decides to derail the politicians that screwed him over. Right. What one, one guy in particular, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Would you like to explain the premise a little bit? I need to. No, I mean some no. Water. No, you essentially did. No, it's just yeah. Like, as Scott did, did a great job of explaining, it's an offshoot of an offshoot of an offshoot, and essentially, Mister America. Yeah, it's it's Tim Heidecker playing a, a caricature of himself. And he's trying to run for a local Senate seat against the lawyer that tried to prosecute him in the previous uh, project called The Trial, which was, man, yeah, which is based on, it's a fictitious thing where Tim Heidecker starts a music festival and a bunch of people die from this drug that he created. Um, the old, and, you know, yeah, and, and, and the only thing is everyone, everyone invo- outside of, like, the peripheral characters, er- everyone involved, even though they appear to be non-actors, they are actors. Like, only, like, the far, far removed folks are, like, you know, not in on it. So I guess that's, like, the one major difference is there's a lot more actors in, in this. Oh, see, I didn't know that. But it's still that. the same. Oh, like, what, like, the one, like, his assistant? Oh, his assistant, obviously, but, like, and, the and focus the- groups and... <clears throat> The stuff like that. Oh, okay, that's true. Okay, yeah, I guess, you know what, I guess it is a mix. No, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, okay, you're right. And sometimes it works for me, sometimes it doesn't. Like, Nathan, for you, is a, is a prime example of reality distortion that sometimes I'm like, this is transcendent, and sometimes I'm like, I don't like the way these people are being treated. Yeah. But, but it's taking risks. But all of these, all of these people... I just think come from a school of nihilism and absurdity and dadism that that works for me. Yeah. Whereas not all not all hi- hidden camera sort of things work for me. And again, this is more than hidden camera. It could because it's a mix. It's it's sort of like how F for Fake is neither a documentary nor a narrative. Sure. Right. Have we talked about have do you like that movie? Yeah, we've talked about it before. We've, we've had so many episodes, it's hard to remember. But yeah, no, I, I love that movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a top ten for me. And I just... But I just like this idea of blurring and improvisational play and documentary theater. Yeah. Or like using, using non-narrative 
material to make a narrative. Have you seen the Road movie yet? The Russian film where it's just Road no. videos? No. Car- Carlo and Mikhail put me onto it, and oh, yeah, you've I, talked was, about it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so they cre- it's just it's a narrative from found sources. Mm-hmm. Or then you have all these endless nights from a few years ago where it's taking these people dancing and enjoying the world and creating a narrative out of that. Right. And and then even crazier is is you have a movie like Synecdoche, New York, which is about a playwright creating a world within a play within a world. Yeah. But then that goes even wilder when I just heard about this project by Kranovsky. Oh, yeah. E- who, e- who, yeah. I- who created, like, a, a three-year project called Dow, mm-hmm. which is a Russian film project he, to create a biopic about about this physicist, Lev Landau. Yeah. He, he created, like, a 12,000-square-meter alternate reality, basically, like, a college campus where people could live. Right, and do work and eat and shit, but they had to work within the historical rules. So the movie, so so they were there for three years. So in real time, it went from nineteen nineteen fifty two to nineteen fifty five or something like that. Mm-hmm. And all they had to do was, if the if the actors showed up where they were, they had to be part of the scene. Right, and there's already there's mad movies that are coming from the footage because there's there's something like 200 to 600 hours of film and it's film it's on film yeah you know i i i have to say this the whole idea behind this thing which you like put put me onto because i remember like something about it then i literally forgot about it like half a year later and then you sent me a link i was like oh shit oh wow because but it's like if you go back to his early work Specifically for this project makes total sense. Like if you watch the movie four, it's he's very like he's like Charles Kaufman meets Mr. Show meets Tarkovsky, and it's not just because they're both Russian. He he's very Tarkovsky esque, but it's like his style. It's like something inside of something inside of something inside of something, but it's a little like it's also very like atmospheric and 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 tarkovsky-esque you know what i mean so reading more about dow it's kind of like oh this makes it it feels like this is something he's been working for since you know for the last 15 years or so it it makes all the sense in the world right truman show as a form of drama theater as a form of play Mm, yeah to see what you can get Mm -hmm. and i'm just i'm i'm very interested in in seeing that so am i and i'm i'm just interested when people play play with that sort of stuff sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't like are you doing dishes or something oh cam is no problem we got to live our lives yeah you that movie that you like boy yeah where where they just filmed this kid growing up for 10 years oh boyhood boyhood excuse me right right yeah there's there's probably another movie called Boy, and there's also Boy A. Sure. With Andrew Garfizi. Huh. Yeah. 
Um, I um yeah I you know it's funny the older I get look I don't there are a lot of people who dislike Boyhood right out of the gate. Now that I've had like you know it's like six years to look back on it and digest it, I do think it's harmless. I do still like it, maybe not as much as I first did. But the one thing, and I've heard a couple of folks say about Boyhood that it's like you know what, fair enough. It's one of those ideas that it's easy to say this in retrospect, but it's like damn that idea could have been done better but it's already been done now. And it's one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, it, it, it got such attention. It was such a big deal that like trying to do it again, which I'm sure other people, and also boyhood is hardly the first idea to do, but in, in the way boyhood did it, it's kind of like, ah, oh, this could have been done so much better, but it's already been done. I mean, there's, there's obviously the but up series, it, you know what I mean? Like the that's, up series. Yeah. But and that's a documentary. He, isn't he doing it again? Yes, he is. Isn't he? Mm-hmm. So, and, and and well, to take it to just the Richard Linklater alone, the Before series was the sent, like, clearly laid the groundwork for Boyhood also. You know, the same actors over the span of almost 20 years. And I'm sure we'll revisit them again in the next few years now that they're, when they get older and older and older, I think that's going to be, like, a thing, clearly. I really, ho- I really hope they do. I've same, talked same. about... Same, I like all those movies. I've talked about this very many times before that I think revisiting characters and seeing what actually happens to them yeah and seeing the is is i'm i'm interested in it as i've 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 represent i've i've referenced the even a couple episodes i've I've referenced the john updike rabbit series because Mm -hmm. that's what i'm most that's what i'm most fascinated about with bill and ted face the music is that they're failures right yeah that's what I'm most excited yeah. about is that they didn't save the world with their music, that something happened. Yeah. So that's what I'm interested in seeing. You know, I'm also fine with never knowing what happens with characters, but mm-hmm. I'm also, in, but I, when given the chance, I'm like, oh, yeah. so I would love if they do that before series every seven years or so. I'd like how Hartley to make a, night. I'd like how Hartley to make a part four of the whole, of the Henry Fool saga. Cause it's like, Let's see. So it started in 1997, and then we got the last one was in 2014. So it, it'd be cool, but at the same time, for those who have seen, um, they're Ned weird Rifle, ones. For, but uh, for those who have seen Ned 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 Rifle, the, the third part of the trilogy, I will say it did end. I mean, I I don't want to give any spoilers away, but yeah, there probably wouldn't be a part four. There could be, but the main guy no longer exists now. So. Maybe, yeah. And I think he has a. I think he has a new movie that he's trying to make, and yeah, we'll see what happens. I did. Did did I ever? I've been trying to get you to watch Red Oaks. Did you ever watch it? No, I still haven't. I know. That show. That show was so slept on, and I actually have a letter. I have a letter from Melissa Silver Silvestri. Mm -hmm. I just realized we we missed a couple letters. Um, who who like me enjoyed enjoyed Red Oaks, and it was just awesome that all the directors from Red Oaks were you know it was David Gordon Green, Andrew Fleming, Hal Hartley, Nisha Ganatra, and Amy Heckerling, and that was that was it. It's just like it's a great all group these of folks. all these heavy hitters. Oh, and Greg Araki. I'm just saying, like yeah, there you go. Like you can't really. And you actually feel it. Where a lot of times TV, sort, a lot of my friends at Direct TV say that it's more, it's more sort of like 
airline directing, you know, traffic control than actual directing, but you actually mm. feel their voices in this movie because yeah. it's it's sort of like if a Hal Hughes movie was more realistic and continued. Yeah. You know, past the summer mm-hmm. and was directed by David Gordon Green and Hal Hartley and these other people. And I'm really sad that, that there won't be another season. There there were three seasons. I would love a fourth season. I would love to see what happens, which is what I'm saying. I want to... I am interested. No. And do we have any updates about what's going on with the Souvenir 2? No. Um, oh. Oh. The only update is the movie's been done for a while. I'm talking since last year because Martin Scorsese, who is involved with Jonah Hogg. He's also involved with the, with, with the Souvenir Part 2. Uh, at the New York Film Festival last year, friend of the show, friend in real life, Rob Cotto, was at a talk with Martin Scorsese, and he said Martin Scorsese mentioned at that Q&A that, that, that the movie was done. So it's just a matter yeah. of releasing it now. I got to say, uh, side note <clears throat> for this, this, this podcast episode that we have coming up, uh, well, tomorrow, uh, but... In, I'll just say in, 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 in the future, um, I was doing some research and one of the actors in the souvenir is, uh, ho- hold on a second, let me, oh, why am I spacing right now? I'm like forgetting his name, sorry. We have, yeah, um, yeah, so one of the actors, he has a super small part in the movie, so for those who have seen the souvenir, um, the main character, she goes to a film school, and one of the actors that plays the head of the film school is real-life filmmaker Dick Fontaine, um, who made a couple of really important early UK hip-hop films called Bauman and... Um, what, what was the other one? Bauman was the one that I had, I had remembered. Oh, and Beat This, a hip-hop history. So I just thought that was really cool that, like... And I had no idea. As many times as I've seen The Souvenir, as much as I love it, I love the connection that, like, Dick Fontaine has a small acting role in it, and he made this this one graffiti movie in particular that kind of essentially followed Goldie and 3D from Massive Attack before either of them were making music and how they were just these kids who, like, loved American hip-hop. And the whole big arc of that... You can see this movie on YouTube. The whole big arc is, like, these two young kids from the UK who look up to America in 1986. They make their way to America to meet all these graffiti artists who they love and admire... And by the time they get there, all these graffiti artists in the Bronx are like, man, this shit is dead. Nobody wants to do graffiti anymore. I'm not trying to get arrested for bombing a train. And they're just like, oh. Like, they made this whole trip, like, for, for, to another continent to meet their heroes, only to find out that at the mo- at the time, their heroes are just like, this shit is stupid. It, it, it's yeah, really, but, really good. It's sad. But, but, then, but then Massive Attack went off to probably become Banksy. One, the, that one guy, 3D. Yeah. Which makes all the sense in the world. I mean, the biggest thing is just the graffiti background and knowing that culture and also the fact that Massive Attack has sold millions of records and they're very rich to some degree. So you have to kind of be rich and have access to money to do a lot of the stuff that Banksy does. So, And, yeah. and, and also a couple people, say, couple people that knowing him like Goldie saying that he's Banksy. Well, fair enough. Yeah. There's also that. We yeah. talked about this three years ago, but the yeah. thing is, mo- most of our fans have not listened to every single episode. Yeah. But some of our fans, who may have listened to every single episode, have sent us some nice emails. How do you feel about doing some email reads in the middle of an episode? Do it. So, Melissa Silvestri 
Hi, Marcus and Scott. I really enjoyed listening to the episode you did with Saskia and the discussion you had about sexual harassment that women face in everyday life. This is in regards to the first Saskia Eliza Hitman episode, not the Saskia Eliza Hitman episode that had Eliza Hitman in it, by the way. I'm not, Im I'm not immune to that, and while I've never been assaulted, it's always a gross feeling whenever some random person would call at me on the street and say a quote-unquote compliment in a slimy tone of voice. It just curls inside. I also really enjoy it whenever you talk about being native New Yorkers and having a very intimate knowledge of the city's history and the boroughs in which you grew up in or reside in. Even though I'm from Long Island, the seventh borough, and have lived in Manhattan, Queens since 2004, I find it hard to think of myself as a native New Yorker. I mean, you're a New Yorker. That's what I got to say. Oh, yeah. Because I grew up in... Long Island folks are New Yorkers. Whatever. Because I grew up in the suburbs, not in the city. An old college roommate from Rochester thought I sounded like I was from the city, whereas a security guard in the city once asked me where I was from, quote-unquote, because I know you're now from the city. <laughs> My accent is unmistakably Long Island, though not the Long Island stereotype, and I always felt more at place in Queens than anywhere else in the city, while Queens is very slept on borough because it's been my home for 12 years. So while I'm a longtime New Yorker, I hesitate on grouping myself with people who came up in the city or acting like I'm the same. I know I am a native Long Islander at the root with family background from Brooklyn slash Bensonhurst. Mm -hmm. Apparently people are saying that you shouldn't use the word native when talking about coming from places. Why? Because it's, cause it's uh, insensitive to aboriginal people. No, it's not. It's, they're using the term native literally. Like Webster's Dictionary native. I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. I won't use it. Go ahead. I don't want to deep. Sorry. Okay. I'm that's not directed that's he, at you. I'm just saying. Like I, just I'm just saying that's what he, people people are saying. I'm not saying necessarily that I agree with it. Um, people. From I think Amherst. if you want it, if you want to say that, like if you want to say I am a New Yorker from New York City, then that's uh, that might not be accurate but if you're like i'm a new yorker i would say yes you are if you've been if you're from long island and lived in new york for 2000 since 2004 you're a new yorker this whole the, you know this whole like this has to be this or this has to be that that really separates more than brings together and i think i think it makes i think we need to bring people together yeah continued i'm sorry you got laid off marcus and i hope things pick up for you soon I've been working from home on data entry and Photoshop editing tasks and have watched movies and TV at night or on the weekend. I got into watching movies on Tubi, which is great, by the way. Yeah. After a podcast about canceled TV shows called Canceled Too Soon. And I brightened at seeing the cult movie selections and offbeat editions. They have that. So I've watched Return of the Killer Tomatoes, fun self-aware horror comedy with fourth wall jokes and goofiness. Oh, nice. Maniac Cop 2 still holds up as a really good grimy cop thriller with some excellent stunt sequences. Bitten, low-budget Canadian horror comedy where Jason Mewes, whoa, is a paramedic trying to take care of a hot vampire chick in his apartment and being drained by the strains of their stressful relationship. Aha, uh -huh, that sounds cool. Yeah. But I'm a cheerleader. I mean, I definitely saw that movie. That, that movie was on HBO at 12 p.m. 12 a.m., excuse me, for like... P.m. and a.m. Yeah. Comedy where where Natasha Leon is sent to a Pray the Gay Away camp and is stuck in an over-the-top heteronormative environment and falls for a campmate, Clea Duvall, 
and ticks. Seth Green and Alfonso Ribeiro are teens fighting off mutant ticks on a weekend trip in the woods. And what's funny is Natasha Leone's character later is in Freeway 2 with Vincent Gallo. I don't know if you saw that movie. I'm oh, yeah. sure Marcus has. Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby. Let's say the whole title. I was I was trying to remember it. I was like, I think yeah. Trick Baby is involved. Yep. Which is also a book by Iceberg Slim. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for continuing to make your show. Your voices are very comforting, like being around friends. And it's warm and familiar to listen to a couple of cool nerds talk deep cut about movies, wrestling, and hip-hop. Best, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, now we have uh, Jake the Steak Lenberg, who who I have been talking to in real life, and is a cool dude. Hey, Scott and Marcus. Hope you and your loved ones are doing well and staying safe. Thank you for the music recommendations, made a playlist out of them, and slowly but surely making way through them. Bizarre Ride to the Far Side is becoming a classic for me. Uh, Fun aside, me, Marcus, and rapper Tone Tank now have a group text. The greatest group text I've ever been in. Yeah, I'd say so. And Marcus and I sort of created a paradigm shift for Tone by sending him and telling him, about the Brian Austin Green album he made, which was executive produced by Slim Kid 3 of The Far Side, mm-hmm. and is what Marcus and I consider to be the, the, the gap between Bizarre Ride to the Far Side and Lab Cabin, California, mm-hmm. and apparently got Marcus made fun of back in the 90s for liking. Yeah. But then Tone, who who definitely probably was hesitant listened to it and he was like fuck dude this is actually really good and let me tell you it is if you if you re-listen to it now brian austin green is probably most famous for being in 90210 and being like i'm the bad boy and i like rap music yeah he also i think is married to megan fox and yeah i know right oh but he made a rap album in the 90s that was universally hated on. But if you re-listen to it now, it's got Farside-style beats. It's got executive production by the Farside. And again, I think it bridges the gap. And I... Yeah, I, um, you know, another thing too is, I think you were right. You were saying like the whole Farside had something to do with it. And you're right, because I remember in the 10th grade... Like Mad TV, like any, because and I know two and was on Fox, I believe. Like anything Fox related, they would do these like quick instead of like commercials. They'd do like these promos with Brian Austin Green, like rapping, and the whole Far Side would be with him. And I remember being so confused, like why is the Far Side with Brian Austin Green? And at that point, I loved the Far Side, so I and and I'm sure this was obviously the point that anyone who liked the Far Side would buy the album, and I was one of them. And I remember being like, oh, this is like. Not bad. I mean, like you'd think it was corny, but it's it's not bad. No, it really isn't bad, and I'm not saying it's better than Lab Cabin California or Bizarre Ride to the Far sure. Side, sure. but I'm saying it's good yeah. and not as bad as people said it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's get back to it. I wanted to thank you guys for still podcasting during all of this. 
It's keeping us sane, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah. And also, like, Marcus is one of my close friends, so I, the fact that I get to hang out with him once a week, sometimes more, and talk about shit is a highlight in some rough times. Y'all been putting out great episodes. It has made quarantine manageable. It feels like I'm chilling with two friends who like movies like I do. Thank you, man. Yeah. This is why we do this shit. Like, you know, when we get little little tweets from you or from other people or texts or emails like, oh, I just checked this movie because of you. That's why we do this shit. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like we have no listeners. Our listenership is actually growing at a nice rate. Sure. We're even starting. We're even starting to get haters, which means that we're <laughs> making a making a move. But we're still a small podcast comparatively. Yeah, definitely. You know, Eliza Hitman last week was on two podcasts: WTF with Mark Marin and Zebras in America with us. I would say, you know, one one podcast is the mo- is one of the most popular podcasts of all time, and right. one is Mark Marin. Right. So we're. We're doing our best, and we do it for the little things, like when people send us direct messages or text messages about how we've helped them with mental health stuff or visit or, you know, a listener just recently sent me a picture of a weight loss journey they went through inspired by my weight loss journey. Wow. And apparently you're not supposed to celebrate weight loss journeys anymore, but I'm I'm going to celebrate weight loss journeys if your goal and intention is to lose weight because you feel that your weight is is impacting your quality of life and you want to be healthier and believe that losing some weight can help you be healthier, I support you. If you think that you're not good enough or pretty enough or smart enough because of your size, then let's talk about that. That's a different thing. But if you're but if you're trying to change your body so you can feel better, what's wrong with that, dude? Yeah. I don't understand like people shitting on Adele cuz she wants to be healthier because she was told that her body weight was making certain things more difficult. Yeah. I just think that's really silly. Same. So, I appreciate it all, dude. I really do. And we're, you know, people are just listening better more and more. Our, our numbers are going up. Uh, super excited that Scott has been introduced to Tanner Classic Movies. I agree with Scott. It is the best channel ever. There was, that was, and still is my cinematic education. Dude, they just keep, like, so much good stuff. Don't want to get too verbose. Just wanted to drop you guys a line and let you know you've been doing great episodes. Sending positive thoughts and vibes your way. Sincerely, Jake. P.S. Abby wanted to say howdy. And you can't see this, but Abby is Jake's dog. And it's and the dog is wearing a cowboy hat. Nice. And everybody knows that if you put a cowboy hat on a dog, it's awesome. Yep. <laughs> and one more, and then I think, I know we had a bunch of topics that we were supposed to talk <coughs> about today that weren't Bad Trip and movies related to it, but we're almost hitting the hour mark. I Yeah, we can I save wonder, it for another time. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if we should we should save that for our next episode. Yeah. So John Arminio sent us a an epic list of of black metal again. Nice. And I listened to this, I listened to some of this stuff. You listened to me. You sent to us. It wasn't for me, but I appreciated it. You sent us some cosmic, some cosmic stuff, and it was it. It just wasn't for me, but I appreciate. I could appreciate it. Right. 
this is this this email is entitled more fun with black metal and also John has sent me a couple of postcards and I'm going to send him some postcards on a recent episode Scott asked if I being the black metal fan that I am enjoyed the band liturgy I do I think they get a bad rap because they along with another praetor of the post black metal genre deaf heaven are pitchfork darlings successful and take themselves very seriously Side note, I could see how that would be an issue. These are not ingredients that endear a band to a music scene that holds its underground credibility as one of its basic tenets. And also, Pitchfork is so weird. Yeah. Other great bands to emerge from the Brooklyn black metal scene are Kralis, probably my favorite of the bunch, and Yellow Eyes. And there are links. Other bands you might want to check out are the fantastic and pointedly anti-fascist Spectral Lore out of Greece. You had me at anti-fascist, bro. I, I am linking that right now. I'm going to listen to that later. Because I hate fascism. For, I. A more sh- for a more shoegazy, relaxing take on black metal, damn, cuz, you're using all the words I like. Perhaps the band that really got the ball rolling on this subgenre is Alceste out of France. All right, I'm linking. I'm going to listen to that, that too. I'm right now. You know, I'm like, right. I can, I can, em- I can text that to you, Mark. That's true. I don't know why I called you Mark. <laughs> that was that was interesting. Yeah. It's like, oh hi Mark. Ha. <laughs> you that would be a funny thing to put in a movie. Yeah. Oh hi Mark, you know? I yeah. think that could be cool. <clears throat> Finally, for something brand new, Errant is the side project from the vocalist of Chicago black metal band Immortal Bird. You could just call it Phoenix, bro. Both acts are fantastic and fit comfortably in with the rest of the bands discussed in the email. Anyway, that slakes your I hope that slakes your black metal thirst, and I wish you the both both the best. Yours in grimness, John Arminio. That definitely does slake and good good words. That does slake our black metal interest. And I think for now, bef- until we listen to some of that music, let's put a moratorium on black metal just for a little bit um and guys fans guys girls um gender non-conforming friends uh non-binary friends and the like uh all of you what are you digging right now what's getting you through what are some stuff that we gotta what are we what are some things we gotta check out yeah you know we, we like interacting with yous, but to interact with yous, we need stuff to interact with. We just got to send a couple movies to check out, which we're going to check out. There's a couple movies that we were hoping to review today that we didn't get a chance to. Uh, yes, do time. you have any thoughts about movies like Bad Grandpa, uh, Bad Trip, things like that, before we close out? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'd be repeating myself. I essentially said it. <clears throat> I thought you were talking to the listeners. Um, no, I, 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 I it, it goes back to what I said earlier about the lineage and progression of like semi-plot-based like prank hidden cam- camera movies. So it's just what I, you know, rewind back to earlier, you know, in in, in the episode. I, 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 I like that. Um, okay, and well, so. well, no, I guess I will say. I guess I'm repeating myself again too, but Bad Trip is definitely one of my favorite movies of, of the year thus far, and it's it's 
it's it's it's weird. Just looking forward to looking into the future. I'm, I I just was thinking, you know, right now, like in mid May, this is like the time when I start texting with my friend, you know, Cribs and Funderburger, the Pink Smoke. Like, oh, it's time to start. You know, we just got our 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 industry info for the TIFF Film Festival. Uh, let's start trying to get a hotel room and who's driving or how we get in there and blah blah blah. But now that that may not happen, so it's. I, yeah, I, I who knows? Like, yeah. I can't even think about that right now. Right. I just, I just hope you're staying, staying safe, my friend. I am. I definitely am. And, and my, 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 my wife wouldn't have it any other way. So. All right. Catch you on the flip side, brother. All right. Wait, brother. Whoa! 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 The 
split the structure Cause your album called a flat and I'm the tow trucker To pick you up out the slump that you hit I tighten up the beat then I grab the golden pen I'm never stolen when my music starts to callin' Because I'm in the spotlight people think I'm hogging. Soft like parquet on a really hot track Rewind the tape don't hesitate to press play From LA to the east I got a hit to make you sway So receive the high Transcended by my vibe In life I'm satisfied So that's the reason why I don't try To use excursions The way I operate My mate don't get what they deserve And with the beauty and the beats I'ma keep the people learning So Yeah, yeah.